This podcast may contain strong language and references to violence. Listener discretion is advised. The citizens handbook. The citizens handbook. Mm. Kia ora koutou, no mai haere mai and welcome to the Citizen's Handbook podcast, the companion podcast to the Citizen's Handbook web series that you should watch. And if you haven't watched it, go do that right now. My name is Robbie, and this is a podcast for people who want to know about New Zealand but hate to read. So, we've invited a comedian and turned civics education into a game that someone can win. To make sure that nobody cheats, we've got a moderator called Finn. Finn, tell us how the game works. Okay, Robbie, I will. Thanks, Finn. Robbie and our guest are going to take turns explaining a topic to each other, but they're also going to sneak in three cheeky little lies. Whoever spots the most lies from the other person wins. Easy. Easy. Today, our special guest is Brinley Stent, star of Funny Girls and Jono and Ben. And we're going to be talking about law enforcement, the people who make you follow the rules the government made up, whatever they are. I'll be talking about police and protests, and Bryn will be talking about what your rights are with the cops. There'll also be some lies to look for, hidden away like the dinosaur bones God put in the ground to throw us off the scent. Hi, Bren. Oh, hi, guys. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. You ready mm. to ready to lie to me? Lie right to my face? I always lie to you, but today's just a special day for lying. Okay, a little worrying to hear, but fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to start by telling you a bunch of entirely true facts. Mm-hmm. No lies at all. Oh, okay? Wow. So pure of heart. Okay, so you can mm. trust me. Okay. And they're all about protests and the police. Basically, the police are there to enforce the law, whether it makes sense or not. And so when people decide to protest and they say, I'm going to do illegal things now because I think the laws are bad, the police are there to remind them violently, if necessary, that it doesn't matter if you think the laws are bad, you're not allowed to break them. The first lot of New Zealand police were brought over from Australia to help with all the colonizing. And slowly but surely, they helped Pakia enforce their laws over the Maori people. Eventually, the armed constabulary became the New Zealand Police Force, and then when the New Zealand Police Force was no longer allowed to carry guns, they became known as the New Zealand Police. But, just because they weren't called the armed constabulary anymore didn't mean they couldn't make people feel sore and or dead. (laughs) Sometimes people were made uh, law enforcers specifically just to do that. In 1913, Prime Minister William Massey got together a bunch of farmers to break up the Great Strike of 1913. And they became known as Massey's Cossacks because the hats they were issued by the state resembled Russian military uniforms. And then 38 years later, the government was still trying to stop people from striking. The Waterside Union was demanding better working conditions and the national government invoked the 1932 Public Safety Conversation Act. It's a mouthful. Criminalising support for the Watersiders. You couldn't give them food or publish any pro-striker material, and the general public was furious, and it hit National Heart in the polls, and a thousand waterside workers marched down Queen Street for better working conditions. Instead of better working conditions, 
One of them received a fractured skull, and 20 others were treated for lacerations, concussions, and bruises. Now, the most important thing to learn here is that you should just accept the working conditions your employer recommends, which is why I'm thrilled to be a freelancer in the year 2020. And I believe, personally, that that is layered with such thick sarcasm that it doesn't count as a lie. Okay, Uh, it wasn't just industrial protests that caused protesters and cops to butt heads. In 1977, the government announced a housing development on Nazi Fatua land, and protesters began occupying Bastion Point, and they stuck it out for 506 days until police forcefully dragged them away. Then there was the Springbok tour, and to give you some context for that, the world was supposed to boycott South Africa because of their apartheid, and New Zealand responded to that boycott by inviting their all-white team to visit New Zealand to play the All Blacks. It was at this point that half of New Zealand realised that the other half were rugby-hating, PC, commie snowflakes, and the other half realised that the other half were white supremacy-enabling racist thugs. And (laughs) everyone hated everyone, and there were more protests. On the 29th of July, 1981, 2,000 protesters gathered on Molesworth Street, and the police raised their batons to hit them very hard on the head. And before we end the topic of cops versus protesters, it's important to acknowledge the most influential protesters in New Zealand history. Way back in the 1800s, there was a village in Taranaki named Parihaka. Its main leaders were Te Fisi Oronga Mai and Tohu Kākahi, and they developed tactics of non-violent resistance to respond to the theft of Māori land. Plowmen from Parihaka spread across Taranaki to look after the land and to politely but firmly acknowledge that the land was theirs. The Pakia responded by calmly imprisoning hundreds of them without trial. And when they were released, they went back to caring for the land. And so, very calmly, 1,600 members of the armed constabulary marched on Parihaka. There, the armed constabulary was greeted by singing children and several thousand people sitting peacefully, waiting for them to arrive. And the armed constabulary were unmoved. Okay, this gets a little bit grim and dark. But it's important. The leaders of Parihaka were wrenched away and imprisoned without trial. The women were raped and the village was destroyed. And Parihaka never fought back. Their actions that day inspired Mahatma Gandhi in his resistance against the British, and in turn Martin Luther King Jr. in his resistance against the civil rights abuses in the United States. So Parihaka changed the world. So, okay, sometimes laws are dumb, and because the show is sponsored by the state, let me just close by saying that you should always follow them anyway. Uh, Never do anything illegal. We absolutely don't endorse breaking any laws, even if it seems like it might make the world better. Okay, the end. Very well done. Thank you. Um, I I might ask you to re-say some. Um, Absolutely. There was something around the top around Australia. Mm -hmm. You got it. Okay, the first lot of New Zealand police were brought over from Australia to help with all the colonising. Is that a lie? Is this an official... Are you just reading my face? (laughs) Okay, I have to officially accuse him. (laughs) Brimley is going to jacuzzi you of lying about... about Getting police from Australia. Incorrect. That is true. That is true. They came over from New South Wales specifically because the Pakeha were like, we're going to colonise better. They were running quite a... A, you know, an intense and, and violent colonial empire over there. And so we thought, oh, that's a good idea to bring them over here so that they could do the same. So that was the thought process there. But I'm afraid, yes, no, they, they did come from Australia, the first cops. 
That makes me feel sad. Yeah, that's fair. I thought maybe we were homegrown, you know. Homegrown coppers. <laughs> <laughs> Make me think about the rest of your beautiful spiel. Thank you so much. Um, There was something around there that pinged out to me around mm. um weapons and hitting people. Yes. There was a bit earlier on about what maybe they're allowed to carry or... um. There's something around the New Zealand police force becoming the New Zealand police. Okay. Are they still the New Zealand... Is that a lie? I'd accuse you of that they've being got, a lie. Okay. We've got an official lie guess yeah. coming in, and it's about... And it's about the New Zealand police force becoming the New Zealand police. Partial credit. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Partial Pas- credit for that one, Brad. Oh, what do you mean, I mean by Jack, that? What, what Brad said is that there's a lie about the New Zealand police force becoming the New Zealand police. There is a lie in here about the New Zealand police force, <laughs> but they true. are now called the New Zealand police. <laughs> but they only got rid of the force. Not nothing changed. They mm-hmm. they can still carry guns. Mm-hmm. It was just a rebranding exercise because force sounds quite violent. Right. And they were like, if we get rid of the word force, mm-hmm. people will think we're friendly. So, uh, so I was, yeah. I was sniffing in the right direction. Yeah, but, what's um, that? How many points is that? Is uh, that? You get, you get not all of the points. Okay, half point. Oh, I think for the first I'll, one, I got okay. seven out of ten. Well, and we'll for get the to second points. Second one, I got a B plus. <laughs> no, maybe a C. Do you have a third guess, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I think the lie is about the hats being called Cossack hats because they look like Russian military uniforms. I know a Cossack is a dance. So I think <laughs> that it's named after the dance. All right. So we've got an accusation from Bryn about the naming of Massey's Cossacks being related to these hats, which Bryn is saying don't exist. That accusation is correct. So it is a lie. It's yeah. a lie. Yes, yeah. I got one. I like that you then went into extra, like there's no part of the game where you have to come up with what you think the truth is, but you were like, you know what? I'm feeling so confident. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say they would name that after a death. So there's um, a bit of explanation from Robbie. Yeah. 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 So the, the, the Cossacks, they were called Massey's Cossacks, mm. but no, it wasn't because of fun hats. It was just because they were so extremely violent. So, <laughs> sorry, it's so not, a, it's a not much funny. more dark reason. <laughs> a much more dark reason. That's not. It's not funny. It's bad. Um, I like. I like my one better. Yeah, I wish it was because of a dance. Imagine the New Zealand police just going down the street doing the Cossack <laughs> dance. It would be so. Actually, that would be god awful. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were farmers who were brought together by Prime Minister William Massey and because, you know, farmers can ride horses and they just, like, would go down to the strikes and just violently break up the strikes. Wow. Yeah, the, I was quite surprised by how intense our governments have been throughout history to just say, like, nope, no striking. Bryn has successfully uncovered yeah. one and a half lies. Yeah. So that means... It's 50%. That's great. That's a passing grade. Yeah, thank you. It's like me at uni. C's get degrees. Yeah. So that means that there is one that is still untouched, mm-hmm. buried somewhere deep within that explanation. Would you care to tell us what that was? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so, yeah, talking about how, how horrible our government was to strikers, um, all of that stuff about... Um, the stuff in 1951, you know, that where they were like, oh, you're not allowed, it's illegal to help a striker. Mm. All of that stuff is true. Yes, I thought so. The only thing that's untrue 
is when I said the general public was furious and it hit national hard in oh. the polls. Oh, <laughs> so it's the opposite. It's, it's the opposite. Uh, the, the yeah yeah. Uh, Sydney Holland was like, okay, let's let's have a snap election. Let's uh, just assure up my support for cracking down on the strikers. And uh, they Come they on, New Zealand. They did really well. They did better actually than the previous election. That's the general public was like, yeah, take away our liberties. So that we we don't have goddamn strikes, uh, yeah. So good, good stuff, good stuff, New Zealand. Just a just a great bunch of people. Uh, I'd like to think that now people would be outraged, right? Surely, oh, I mean, it's a know. nice thought, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that just like no governments would pass that law, so yeah. we wouldn't test it. I mean, I haven't been to a protest that this happens, but like the ones that I've been to have all been peaceful protests. So they've just, yeah. you just sort of go, oh, have a nice walk in the sun and <laughs> chant a bit. And the police, they're there. But, yeah. Know. I mean, there are still like mm. a couple of people who are, you know, a couple of groups breaking mm. the law to protest the yeah. occupation at Ihumatao and mm-hmm. uh, Extinction Rebellion, fighting about climate change. They're, they're doing things that are technically against the, the rules because they are doing what they think is moral. Mm. Okay, guys, what would be, if you were protesting about something real hard out and you want to do something radical, what would be your protest thing? Hijacking a plane? That's terrifying. That one is, that's terrorism. That's your (laughs) go-to? That's your first step? Is I'm going to make an entire plane full of people think they're going to die? No, I didn't, I never... An empty plane. Oh, oh well. So you you're gonna get your pilot's license and you're gonna run how, out. Is bond that even James bond? Well, the keys are in the ignition. Right, of course, because okay. of how planes work. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that oh, is okay. maximum impact. Yeah. That, it would make news. Peaceful. Yeah. And nobody got hurt. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I started so I was thinking, oh, I don't know, a, a dance and traffic and like you know stop everybody, you know, do like a. You'd floss. I'd, I'd floss. <laughs> so Robbie's is the I'll, other end of the spectrum. No impact. <laughs> People just like, look at that weirdo flossing on Queen Street. <laughs> that, that probably happens on a daily basis and people yeah. just go, oh dear. Brad, what would you? I think I'm a fan of living a tree. So kind of get a good branch, like um, in the Jungle Book, when they lay on that branch, and then set myself up, tie myself to the tree. Like, it doesn't have to be about the tree necessarily. Right. Or, what about no performing <laughs> No comedy until my demands are met. Okay, well, I can get behind that. You will not get one joke, joke. Oh, out of Brindley's den. Out of Brindley's den. Until, until my, my demands, demands are met. Are met. Okay. Well, um, once again, we don't endorse breaking the law, um, but uh, feel free to um, enact any of those. <laughs> Just don't steal a plane. You can live in a tree, though. You I feel like a lot of people. Tree. And you can floss you on can que- by all means. Floss. floss on Queen Street. Okay, great. I guess the one message that's come out of this is be clear what your message is sure. while you're protesting. protesting. Yeah. Um, Bryn, would you like to tell me about something? I would, actually, Robin. Great. What are your rights with the cops? The state gives police a lot of power to do their job, but they're not allowed to do whatever they like. So here's a quick little rundown of what's allowed to happen and what's not allowed to happen when citizens and police get together. Okay, first off, searching you. There are only three reasons they're legally allowed to do it. Number one, they ask to search you and you say, okay, because um, sometimes a little bit of physical touch is nice. Number two, 
They're arresting you because they're either pretty sure you did a crime or you definitely did do a crime and they watched you do it. Three, they detect that you've got illegal drugs on you, either with a drug-sniffing dog or some other test. Asking you questions. Police are like four-year-olds. They just love asking questions. But you don't have to answer them unless you're under arrest or you're driving a car or thanks to the Land Transport Act, you're on horseback. In which case, yes, you have to answer some basic identifying questions. But only as many questions as the police need to send you a birthday card. So, you know, your name, your date of birth, address, what kind of voucher you want, etc. But if the cops want to get into anything deeper than that, they have to make it super easy for you to talk to a lawyer ASAP, which is, in my opinion, highly recommended. Definitely do that if you're in any kind of trouble. Police have lawyers on speed dial who you can talk to for advice. Police also have to let you know if you have the right to silence if you want, and if they screw any of that up, they can get their evidence thrown out. Okay, third thing, your house. There are a few ways they can legally come into your house. Okay, they are. If they have what's called implied permission, like if your front door is already open, but they have to leave if you tell them to get out. Okay, your door is closed, and they knock on your door, and you invite them in, because don't forget, police are vampires. But you can say no, and you can change your mind at any time. If they're preventing a crime, or they're investigating a crime, and they think you've got evidence inside that you might try and flush down the toilet. And lastly, if they have a search warrant or an arrest warrant from a judge. Even if they have a warrant, if everything in the paperwork for that warrant isn't up to scratch, it can make it retroactively illegal for them to come onto your property. Which is what happened when the cops got a warrant to enter Nikki Hager's place, when they were looking for info on his source for dirty politics. They got the warrant all signed off in court and then Nikki challenged them on it later. It turned out that there were some dodgy bits in the paperwork. For example, they said that they were investigating Nikki himself because they suspected him for committing fraud, which wasn't true. They were actually looking for info on his source, not him. They also didn't mention in their warrant application that Nikki was a journalist, which would have made a big difference because journalists can claim journalistic privilege to legally protect their sources. So the police got a big, big trouble for that, and they had to pay Nikki lots of money and think about what they'd done. So next time the cops talk to you or try to search you, ask them what Act of Parliament gives them the power to do that. And if they have a warrant, have a look at it and make sure it's legit. Better loving everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that was a long list of facts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, There are a lot of lists. I feel like lists are good places to sneak in lies. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to officially (laughs) j'accuse that they can't go in just because the door's open. Correct. Did I get it right? Yeah. You did. You found the lie in the truth haystack. Yeah, they can't come in without a warrant or your permission. So it is a vampire situation. It's a real vampire situation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I think it's good to know as well. Like, I feel like I'm just nice, and so I'd invite them in and be like, sure, sure. And then I'd be like, I'm uncomfortable. And it means that I can just change my mind at any point. Like, good consent. Like, good consent. Yeah, like, Um, I'm not okay making out with you anymore. Can you please leave? Great. Okay, stuff about them searching you. Could you remind me of the list of reasons that they can search you? Okay. There are only three ways they're legally allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, number one, they ask to search you and you say okay. 
Two, they're arresting you because they're either pretty sure you did a crime or you definitely did a crime and they watched you do it. And three, they detect that you've got illegal drugs on you, either with a drug-sniffing dog or another test. I'm going to say that they can't search you because a dog sniffed you. That's my guess. Correct. It is correct? Yeah. I am so good at this. You're nailing it. These are full-on guesses. I want it to be known. So they can only search you if they have reasonable grounds to suspect that you have illegal drugs on you or weapons. So it means that's at the discretion of each individual cop, which is very murky. So I got that right, but for the absolute opposite reason. I thought, nah, probably you'd need a higher standard for that. Mm. Um, But I was completely opposite wrong. But I believe you still get a point. Even yeah. though I'm an idiot. I, that's my understanding of the game. You absolutely do. <laughs> okay, you're, on two, you're on two for two. This is phenomenal. Okay, I'm going to go to the uh, bit about um, lawyers. Um, okay, so if the cops want to get to, into anything deeper than that, they have to make it super easy for you to talk to a lawyer ASAP, mm-hmm. which is highly recommended. Definitely do that if you think you're in any kind of trouble. Police have lawyers on speed dial who you can talk to for advice. Police also have to let you know you have the right to silence if you want. And if they screw any of that up, they can get their evidence thrown out. My guess is if they don't give you the lawyer or they don't tell you you can be silent, that that evidence isn't necessarily thrown out. Incorrect. Fair enough. No, that's that's true. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, that does <laughs> sound right. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad. I think, I think just after the first two, I was like, hmm. Probably something good is actually bad. So that means that we've got a lie still hidden, buried in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we do. Okay, the horseback thing is a lie. It's totally made up. You don't have to talk to the cops when you're on horseback, which is awesome. So you so just you're right, run you around. Just gallop away. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great news. That's great news for the next time I'm riding a horse. Yeah, or next time you're committing a crime, on do it horseback. on horseback. Yeah. <laughs> This episode is really a lot of advice about how to I do I mean, crimes. I assume if you're doing a crime, the rules about cops suspecting you of doing a crime probably apply, horseback nope. or not. What I, what I understand <laughs> is that you can do anything you want as long as you're currently on horseback. I believe that's our official legal advice. You can rob a bank on horseback. That's going to be the next Joker movie, eh? He's just on I horse. found a loophole. <laughs> it's a technicality. <laughs> So what are, what, are the, what are the final standings, Finn? Yeah, where are we at, Finn? How do we do? Wow, okay. Let me just do some calculations. Final standings as I have it. Robbie on two points. But on the other hand... Drum oh, roll, no. please. Oh, Drum roll, please. The suspense is killing me. Bren is on one and a half points. Oh. Which means that Robbie wins this round. You invited me here <laughs> yep. to embarrass me to ridicule me in front of the nation well, i hope so our I, uh, listeners are going to be like wow brinley is also, dumb if you read the fine print of the contract you don't get paid unless you yeah. win oh. so, so, so in a way it is prize money <laughs> um, so this is just another example of white male privilege yep. that's all i'm saying yep two white men have invited you here <laughs> <laughs> to beat With you. With a game they've orchestrated. <laughs> Brindley Stent, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Citizen's Handbook Podcast 
on law enforcement. Thank you, Ridley. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, an honour, and a privilege. And before I go New Zealand, just remember, cops are vampires. So they can't come in without your permission. And also, if you're at a protest, you can keep them away with garlic. Okay, great. Well, I think we nailed that. Thanks, RNZ. <laughs> The citizens and If you liked this podcast, you'll love the web series, The Citizen's Handbook, and you can find it at rnz.co.nz. The Citizen's Handbook podcast was researched and written by Phineas Teppett and me, Robbie Nickel. It is produced by Izzy Walton and Kevin and Co. The technical producer is Tim Batt. RNZ supervising producer is Justin Gregory, and RNZ senior commissioner is Kay Elmers. Tim Watkin is RNZ's executive producer for podcasts and series. This podcast was made possible by the RNZ and NZ On Air Innovation Fund. You can subscribe to this and every other RNZ podcast at Apple, Spotify, and other podcast providers. Please give us a rating. That way other people get to hear about the show.